It is now with great pleasure that I introduce our commencement speaker, who embodies the spirit of entrepreneurship and innovation in engineering. Alfred Schwang received a bachelor's degree in computer science from the University of San Francisco and a master's degree in computer science with a specialization in distributed data management from UC Davis in 1986. Before founding his current company, Magnet Systems, Alfred spent nine years at Sun Microsystems, where he held leadership positions in critical areas like software product development, network infrastructure, systems architecture, and operations management. In 1995, he was one of three founding members of the enterprise software company, BEA Systems which was later sold to Oracle for $8.5 billion. Alfred then founded Magnet, whose software platform, Workplace Interaction Network, or WIN, helps workers better organize and exploit unstructured information, that is, data that isn't stored in conventional databases. Today, Alfred is one of the most well-known and well-respected innovators in platforms for e-commerce applications. His work on application containers has held a broad and pervasive impact on the way that web services for e-business are built. Please join me in welcoming, welcoming Magnet Systems founder and CEO and UC Davis alumnus, Alfred Chuang. Well, it's an honor to address the UC Davis College of Engineering Class of 2017. Hello and good afternoon. Chancellor Hector, Dean Curtis, Vice Chancellor, Vice Provost, faculty, university leadership, parents, families, friends, and most importantly, UC Davis College of Engineering, class of 2017, thank you. See, right now I'm looking at the best engineers in the world. And with no doubt, educated by the best engineering school period. My goodness, we are all so proud of you, not only for what you have accomplished, but what you will accomplish in the future. From where you sit today, it's all roses. How great is that? Geeks rule the world, and but today, Aggie geeks rule. The most difficult question many of you need to answer now probably is, which job offer should I take? Well, but the reality is the world is already getting tougher. Even for people with great education and a comfortable life, your lives will get tougher also. The market will get harder, the problems will get more difficult, and the world will get more complex. And no matter how well the school has prepared you, 
there'll be many, many challenges that you won't be ready for. I think it's those kind of challenges that I want to walk, talk to you about today. So here's what I propose. Two big lessons from my life. You're probably thinking, two lessons. You probably heard that before in other commencement speeches. I'm going to add one extra factor that makes them different. And this extra factor, which I've never talked about before, is honestly the secret to my own success. I'll tell you what, I love high-performance cars. So I'll explain it in this way to you. Most adults today have a car, four wheels, doors, windshield, an engine, and a bunch of other parts. You start it up, it takes you where you want to go. And I think most of the lessons you hear in this commencement speeches, if you follow them, will get you from one place to another place. But high performance cars are so different. So let's take my favorite one, a Ferrari. Now there's a term with car people, they call it the red mist. And it surrounds Ferraris. So when you start up a Ferrari, some people say it takes your breath away. Some people even say it takes your soul away. It certainly takes your money away. <laughs> the way it looks, the sound of the engine, the way that it makes you feel, a Ferrari just doesn't just start it up and go. It moves you. You feel it. And it gets you from where you want to go, but it's so different than any type of car you ever drive. It gets you there faster, more powerful, and most importantly, with passion. So are you ready for this? When people get to know me and understand my way of working, they see it right away. They said, I'm insane. It's true, if you ask my family who are here today, or anyone who works for me, to give you only one word to describe me, they all say one thing. He's insane. Now, I don't mean it clinically. At least I hope they don't mean it literally. And I don't have a mental illness or anything. And I don't mean to take it lightly that if somebody actually do. It's just that when I do things, I do them in a way that other people will call, I'm insane. So remember, as I tell you these lessons, the key factor in any of these stories is to be insane. Don't worry. I'm going to explain it as I, as I go. So lesson number one, never, ever give up. My first story, which I certainly don't remember, and my father had to tell me the story because it happened as I was being born. I was a bridge baby. What that means is that when I was getting ready to be born, I wasn't turning correctly in my mother's womb. So the doctors tried to turn me four different times. I still wasn't in the right position. Then as I was being born, the doctor saw that the umbilical cord was actually wrapped around my neck four times. 
I wasn't looking good. The doctor took my father out in the hallway and told him, for the safety of my mom, he should just let me go. Even if I did survive, he said, I wouldn't be healthy. My dad said no. He wanted a son. And my mom later told me he was really aggressive with the doctor and told him he needed to get back in the room and deliver his child. Well, he was persistent. And so I was born. And while I had a lot of learning challenges growing up, well, I didn't give up. In fact, I have to teach my brain how to learn and how to succeed. And I think that has served me very well. I was raised in Hong Kong in the 1960s and 70s. It was a very strange place. It was a British colony, so everyone in Hong Kong had a British passport. But we weren't British citizens. We could not live in Great Britain, and even set that on the passport, which is so weird. And we weren't Chinese either. China was still a closed country back then. So I had no idea where I belonged. College education was also very scarce in Hong Kong. There was only enough schools for a few. The rest of us, either you have to get education abroad, or you do without, which wasn't an option. And getting an education abroad, it wasn't easy. I applied, and I get accepted actually to a school in America, in San Jose actually, and only to have my student visa application rejected. I was devastated, and I ended up in a school in Canada. Well, it was a great school, but honestly, it wasn't California. So on a trip back to Hong Kong, I got stuck in San Francisco for a layover, of all places. Ended up, I met up with a cousin, and then explored the Bay Area. I applied to some local colleges, and guess what, I got accepted to one. Now I said to myself, how am I gonna get a student visa? Well, the admission office took one look at me and knew I just wouldn't quit. So they helped me find a way. They told me actually to go back to Canada and apply for a visa there. They said it was easy. And they were right. My application was accepted. I got my undergraduate degree and then I went to graduate school right here at Davis. And right after my commencement day at Davis, I went to work for a company called Sun Microsystems, which was the Google of his days. And they sponsored my H-1B visa, which is the only way I could have stayed here. But soon after that, my job at Sun actually required me to travel abroad, which also means I have to apply for a special paper from the what they call it then, the Immigration and Naturalization Services, which is what they call Homeland Security today. I only get three days to do it. Now, any one of you in the room have dealt with Homeland Security can probably tell you this story probably isn't going to end well. So by the time I get to the end of a very, very long line, the doors were shut in my face. My career was about to just get straight down the drain, and along with my H-1B visa. Well, giving up wasn't the thing I was going to do. That would have been sane. So I walked around the building looking for any open door, 
open window, anything. And I did. I found a door where all the employees were leaving for the day. Now, this part wasn't good. I pretended to be an employee. Sneaked in and found the officer was processing my paper. I annoyed her to death and begged at her until she signed the paper for me. It was a true story. And I don't know how much trouble I could have gotten myself into impersonating a federal officer. But I got to keep my job as son, do international travel. And with that, eventually, actually, I got a green card to stay here as a permanent resident. So the simple lesson of my story is don't quit. Don't give up. Don't ever, ever stop. But I'm insane, right? Remember? I won't ever quit. There's no bone in my body for quitting. So after some ecosystems, with two co-founders, I founded a company called BEA Systems. We sold software for helping companies for processing transactions. In the mid-90s, the internet was new, it was booming. Buying and selling on the internet was still new, it was clumsy and risky. And I saw an opportunity for us to enable e-commerce to be reliable and trustworthy. And I realized unless we could pivot our company towards the web, we're dead. Nobody in the company or in the whole investment community believed us. No one liked change. So while we were developing a new product for that, I also recommended we acquire a company that will help us make that transition a whole lot faster. By then, we're already a public company with quarterly earnings that we have to make. And I wanted to spend $150 million, and this is 1998, to acquire the company that virtually has no revenue whatsoever. Our shareholders and our board did not agree with me. But I knew we had to do this, so I didn't quit. At the board meeting, board members told me one by one, no, we're not doing this. No, no, no. And even one powerful board member even said, I violently protest this acquisition. I still wouldn't quit, right? There's no way I was going to let this go. I don't let anything go. So after we acquired the company, guess what? We missed our next earnings goal. I was devastated. Our stock lost 50% of its value in a single trading day. Really, really, really bad for me. We worked really, really hard, and eventually our strategy prevailed. BEA became the largest system supplier for e-commerce in the world. In fact, it still dominates almost all the e-commerce transactions in the world today. So the simple lesson is that I didn't give up. So please, don't give, ever give up. Be totally insane about never giving up. You know why? Because eventually, everyone else will. So if you just don't give up, you win. Lesson number two. Completion is everything. We're engineers. So my second lesson is about finishing things. To me, completion is everything. Unless you finish it, 
is nothing. Everyone I work with knows that I have this phrase that I love to use. Projects need to be more than just complete. They have to be done, done, done. And my insane version of this to me, being complete really means being perfect. If you look around the technology industry, you see the very best companies only have very few products. Think of all the products you pay a premium for. Ironically, they all have very few features. Far fewer features, features than the competitors. Look at Tesla. Look at Apple. And look at Ferrari. They make fewer products that often have fewer features than the competitors. So why would we pay extra for them? Because we find that brands represent the best, the most innovative, the coolest. They represent things that are both complete and perfect. They represent done, done, done. And that perfection has the greatest value. That's the hardest part. Most companies don't finish that step. They don't take it all the way to done, done, done. Tesla does, Apple does, Ferrari does, which is why they win. So those two are my lessons. Never quit, and completion is everything. So you think, well, pretty simple lesson, right? Especially as engineers, those are obvious. But when you get so insane with them, they take on a whole new meaning and a whole lot more power. So how did I get this way? And I was thinking, as I was preparing this, I said, hmm, it's simple. And before I put on this gown 30 years ago, I already had to fight and hustle just to get here. I think it's because I'm an immigrant. So for many of you, the moment you were born, you became an American citizen. You were given an American passport, along with all of its rights and all the freedoms. And from that moment on, you'd be an American for the rest of your life. You belonged. I know there are immigrants like me in this audience today. Some of you are graduates. Some of you are faculty members, proud families, friends. For you, it was probably a much bigger struggle, just like me, to get here, and even more of a struggle to feel like you belong. For us immigrants, and for those of you that are not, your parents, your grandparents, your great-great-grandparents are likely immigrants. And we have to fight and hustle just to stay in America. We have to work hard for every edge. Nothing was free. And to survive, we constantly have to look for new ways of seeing things, with new perspectives. I think being an immigrant just makes us just a little bit more insane, a little more crazy. It also makes us powerful and a magical part of this country. In fact, the richness and the diversity of this culture 
is what allow America to become such a great nation. Together, all of us, natural born citizens and immigrants from all over the world, we build companies, we created jobs, we invented new technologies, and we turn Silicon Valley into the center of the digital world that we see today. For those of us today, here, that are here today, they were born in this country, so can you imagine going through college without your immigrant professors, your immigrant classmates? Can you imagine it without your immigrant boyfriends or girlfriends? It's really hard to imagine. But I think this is all now in danger. I think America is in danger. And I'm worried for us. The opportunities that I had to study and work here, and the opportunities that so many of you have to get an education in this country, there are those in America today who will take them away from tomorrow's immigrants. I work for a long time in this country now. I built big companies in, I think, an important industry. And I can say this without any hesitation. If America loses immigration, we're done. Done, done, done. So maybe in a time when our nation's leaders and so much of our culture is telling us to turn away from immigration, the really, truly insane thing to do will be to embrace it. Instead of being afraid that immigrants will take our jobs, let's make more jobs together with them. <laughs> Instead of worrying that every immigrant is a terrorist, let's work harder to protect each other from the evils of racism, nationalism, and intolerance. And instead of blaming our challenges on immigration, let's once and for all all recognize the rich diversity of this country as one of its greatest and most defining qualities. So hang on. I'm not finished yet. Remember, everything with me has to be done, done, done. I told you I got my green card a long time ago, but that wasn't the end of the story. Many years ago, I decided to apply to become a U.S. citizen. By then, my business already were quite successful. So when I told my advisors what I wanted to do, you know what they said to me? Alfred, that would cost you so much more money in Texas in the long run. Alfred, have you lost your mind? Alfred, are you insane? I mean, obviously, I say, of course I am, because I believe in America, and honestly, I wanted to belong here, and I was more than happy to pay my share to live and work and belong in this country. So that's exactly what I did. I became a U.S. citizen. And my U.S. passport is one of my proudest possessions. 
Dun, 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 I'm an American. So I have one final piece of advice for you. For the smartest engineer in the world, as you're leaving this room today, well, a new world is on the horizon, and it will be more incredible than any of us can possibly imagine. Our greatest innovations are ahead of us, not behind. But we need great engineers to build that for us. And that's you. We need you not to give up, ever. We need you to finish your projects. Done, 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 remember. And we need you to leverage the power of an immigrant-rich workforce. And we all need you to be a little insane. Thank you, class of 2017. <laughs> Go Aggies and congratulations.